The transfiguration that we, uh, of Jesus that we hear about in today's gospel is a very pivotal uh, moment in the life of Christ. To understand, though, why the transfiguration, like what's the point, if we just go back a little bit earlier, the, just the previous passages of the gospel, we get an understanding why. So it had just happened that, you know, Peter declared Jesus the Christ. Who do you say that I am? You are the Christ. And then he tells his apostles, the son of man, me, I'm going to have to go to Jerusalem, be rejected by all of the religious leaders there, and ultimately be killed, and then I'll be raised on the third day. Now, they've spent a couple of years, Jesus is, you know, their best friend. They've, they've spent a, few, a couple of years following him up to this point. They're very close to him. They have this understanding of the Messiah that is not like what he's saying. He's saying that he's going to have to suffer and die, and that makes no sense to them. To them. So Peter tries to tell him, no, you, you don't get it. That's not, you're not being the right kind of Messiah. Let me tell you how it's supposed to be, and that's where Jesus rebukes him. Get behind me, Satan. And then he says, he talks about discipleship. So not only does he say that he's going to suffer and die, then he says, if you are going to follow me, you will have to give up your life as well. Whoever seeks to save his life in this world will lose it, but whoever gives their life away in this world will save it in the next. These are really pretty heavy sayings, you know, very... Uh, very clear, very forceful. No, death is going to happen. Suffering is going to happen. If you're going to be a follower of mine, you're going to have to endure something like I'm going to endure. Now, if you can put yourself in the place of the apostles, they're probably feeling like, wow, that's heavy. You know, that's a lot. That's a lot to take in. So then... Jesus takes Peter, James, and John, sort of the three leaders, if you will, of the apostles, up the mountain. And there he's raised up. He becomes dazzling white. And he appears before them in that way, in all of his glory. And then they see Moses and Elijah talking to him about his exodus. Remember, the exodus is what saved the people from Pharaoh. Jesus' exodus will be the cross and resurrection, definitively saving all people. But the point of having Moses and Elijah there, the two great prophets, is also, I mean, it's not that Jesus needed to talk to them. It's that he needed his apostles who were watching to see him talking to them so that they would understand that all that the prophets had foretold was going to be fulfilled in Jesus. And so he appears in this way, and, and, and you know, the apostles are just taken. I mean, you can imagine what a, what a sight this must have been. But the point of it all, if you will, was to say to his apostles, I know that I just told you some heavy stuff. What I told you 
sounds really, really difficult and hard to believe. But look at me in my glory and know that the Father has a plan, that God knows what he's doing. Despite all that you're going to have to undergo and all that I'm going to have to undergo, the Father has a plan. So have courage, take heart, pull up your bootstraps. And then right after the transfiguration, they come down the mountain and they begin their journey to Jerusalem. So he gives them this experience of himself in glory to strengthen them, to give them courage and confidence in the Father's plan. which is really something we we all could use. I mean, how many times have we wondered, what is the plan again? Is this the plan? This is your plan, because it doesn't seem like a good plan. I mean, how many times I say it often, but I've said it to God too. You, You don't, I don't think you understand how to be God. You're doing it wrong. Aren't you supposed to fix more things? Aren't you supposed to make some things a little bit easier? Like, what's happening? What's going on here? And so the Lord's plan in the midst of it can seem strange, awkward, painful, not the right thing. Or perhaps it's not his plan. Maybe some of it is just what he allows to happen. Clearly, he's allowing, in his passion, he's allowing himself to be tortured and ultimately killed. God's permissive will, what he allows to happen in our lives, the harmful things, the difficult things. It's difficult to know why he allows it. But it's not difficult to see what he does with it, those things, those adversities, those difficulties. It's not difficult to see what he can do with it if we allow him. For just like the son allowing the father's plan to be manifest in his life, yes, it brings him to suffering and death, but it also brings him to resurrection and the salvation of all people. And ourselves being persons in Christ, our suffering, our sacrifice, if we allow, can lead to something greater our own resurrection, not big resurrection. I mean, obviously that, but Jesus accomplished that. But the little ones, the little resurrections, the little renewals, the insights, the healing. If we allow the Lord to take that pain and suffering and transform it, then he brings good out of evil and he makes manifest the resurrection in us.